So we wrap up today a conversation uh, called 21, where we've carved out the first 21 uh, days, I guess starting with the first Sunday of the month, uh, with prayer. Petitioning, talking about, encouraging one another to pray. We feel like prayer is the most uh, essential thing that we can do as followers of Christ. It's something we table, we put off to the side, uh, we don't make priorities so often, and yet it is essential. And it's not just essential that we talk about it for 21 days, but we're actually looking to expand upon that. And so uh, as we kind of transition with conversations and wrap up today, uh, next week we're going to start a brand new uh, conversation that's going to be centered on praying for one another and, and what it looks like for us to keep uh, pursuing the throne room of God through prayer on behalf of others. Because prayer is not just for us as we're talking to God and communicating with God and we're asking for the big things and the unimaginable things. We're asking for God to do unique and remarkable things. I just want God to do something in my life that's so obviously God that I can't ignore it. And that's what I'm asking for. I just want something to transpire in my life, good things, obviously, uh, so obvious and clear that I go, that's God. And I've seen this happen over uh, my lifetime, different, different times and, and situations. And I want to see it again. And I want to see it again and again. I want to look back and go, wow, God, that was you. Because God does nothing but an answer to prayer. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. And so I don't want to be in the ask not category. I want to ask and petition and go boldly before the throne. And we've been standing on Second Chronicles 7. It says, and my people who are called by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their evil ways, and then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. This is the framework for us as we pray. We're humbling ourselves before God. We're petitioning God to forgive our sins because we need forgiveness and to heal our land. Our land needs healing. And so this is what we're standing on. This is our declaration. We've been building off of Acts two forty two, where it says they gather together daily. And they uh, broke bread and they prayed together and God added to their number daily. And so we've been gathering Monday through Friday on Zoom. And there's been a handful of us in the morning and a handful of us in the evening. And we've been praying every day at 9 a.m. and 3.30, right? 6.30. I think I said 3.30 this morning. So you may have some people gather early. 3.30, 6.30, 9 and 6.30. Or if you want to join at 3.30, maybe that's the Lord speaking. Uh, regardless, two times a day, we've been praying and petitioning God together. And it's been so exciting and so encouraging to see other people lifting one another up in prayer. And, and, and I've been so excited about it. I got up Saturday, and, and I, I, right around 8.45, I was like, i got to start the Zoom. I was like, no, we don't do this on Saturdays. It's Monday through Fridays. And, and that's when I realized I've created a habit I've created a habit in my life that sets the tone uh, for my prayer life, and that's what I want us to do. I want us to create a habit where we don't stop, uh, where we keep pursuing God, and, and just because we end one series and start another doesn't mean that we don't, uh, we don't forget the importance of prayer. Because I, I think that a lot of us think prayer is us begging God to do some magic or maybe trying to twist God's arm to do something he's not willing to do. And that's not what prayer is. God desires to work in our lives and our communities and beyond. Prayer is us partnering together with God to see that happen. And so we keep going to him. But one of the issues that I have with prayer is uh, I don't know when to stop. And actually, it's not really as big of an issue as I just tend to stop. Uh, I'll ask God for something, and I'll, I'll wait for a little while, and then I just quit asking. 
And I think all of us, if we were to, you know, get together in a circle and just talk about all the things God hasn't done for us, all the times God let us down, or all the times God didn't answer a prayer, we would all have a really good time sharing stories because we would all have stories of things we prayed for and we didn't get, or worse, we prayed for something and we got the opposite of it, and we would have shared situations and scenarios. And yet, what I realize is that it's easy for us to quit prayer. In fact, quitting anything is simple. I don't know if you've tried it before. It's a blast. You just don't do it anymore. It's a job or a marriage or a hobby or whatever. It's the, it, going to the gym. It's a very simple. You just stop whatever you were doing. You just quit it. And yet continuing to do something is so much more challenging. To actually create habits and routines and keep up with those things is so much harder and I believe God has called us to do the hard things sometimes. And the reason that I think we are propelled to do this and compelled deeply to do this is because the people around you need it. People are waiting on us. They need us to step up in prayer. They need us to go to bat for them. There are people uh, longing and, and suffering in the community all around us. And we lose sight of that. I know I do. I had something crazy happen to me this week. And I share this not for any glory because I was very uncomfortable with it and, and honestly was shocked. But uh, my wife was selling something on uh, Facebook Marketplace, which, you know, I love that she does that because it's like I make 10 bucks, uh, almost lose my life, whatever. We don't know which one's going to happen. But I step into this situation and uh, there's a stranger coming to my house to pick up a, a $10 item. And there I am uh, standing there and uh, she shows up and... Uh, she grabs her item and leaves. It's freezing cold. It's very quick. She's probably terrified. Here's a, you know, guy that looks like he might hurt me. You know, we're all, we're all putting our lives in jeopardy here. And she leaves. And then uh, I go in and, and I look out and I'm kind of waiting to see if she goes because I don't want harm. You know what I mean? I don't want problems. And so I'm waiting for her to leave and she doesn't leave. Her car sits there. It was a long period of time, so I was like, maybe I should just go check and make sure everything's okay. And, and, and finally, when I got the courage to go out there, uh, she had pulled off. And I went back in and I looked at my phone. She had called me to see the location to meet, and because uh, my wife loves to put my phone number out there, and uh, I looked at I looked at my phone, and uh, and she had sent me a prayer request. I don't know this woman for anyone, and she sent me this lengthy prayer. Will you please pray for me? On 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 all these things. I'm like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And what is he doing for you and me? And all this time we're just kind of chalking it up to, well, that's weird, or I don't know why that keeps happening. And yet I believe God is putting these things in front of us to go, it's time for us to step up. The world needs me and it needs you to stop being passive participants in this life. To stop thinking that maybe God's just going to work miraculously apart from me and for us to step in and invite him to do the best work he can through us. And in Luke 11 it says, Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. And then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. This would be like 8.30 for me if you came to my house. And I can't give up to give you anything. Verse eight, I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open 
to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. I think as long as we keep seeing prayer as something we do for ourselves, we will always quit prayer. But when we start recognizing that others are dependent upon you, they're starving, and they're waiting for you to go get food for them, they're counting on you, persistence will be at the forefront of all of our minds. We can't quit. Quitting's easy, but we can't quit because people need us. We ask, we seek, and we knock. And this is a really bold promise from God. And this passage follows the Lord's Prayer. Two weeks ago, we started this conversation talking about the Lord's Prayer. And, and Jesus is teaching his disciples. The disciples say, teach me how to pray. Jesus teaches by praying. And then he follows it immediately up by saying, look at this situation. Look at this story. Persistence is the key. It's as if Jesus knew that the moment he invited us into prayer, we were going to want to quit it. We were going to want to stop. We'll go, I'll pray for a little bit, but I get tired, or I just forget, you know, and, and, and just stop. And, and Jesus knew that we would struggle in this way. So he reinforces this by saying you have to be persistent. Prayer doesn't end uh, at the end of the week, we're going to pray one more week, Monday through Friday on Zoom, so join us this week if you can. We're going to pray another week, but it doesn't end there. That we have to be persistent. That persistence is defined as firm and obstinate, continuous in a course of action in spite of really difficult opposition. Are we going to quit? Or can we power through? That I find it interesting that after Jesus is teaching them to, to pray, he says, you've got to keep praying that Jesus knew we would struggle and, and that we would all ask once and we would seek for a time and then we would uh, knock for a minute and then we would quit. And I don't think there's any shame in having quit. I think uh, often I find myself praying and then I'll stop praying and then I'll forget what I was doing. I go, oh yeah, I was praying. Sorry, God. And I think it's a beautiful moment to be pulled back into prayer, and back into conversation. And I do that with my wife all the time too. You know, you're, you're talking and then you just forget what you were talking about and you walk away and then you come back and bring it together again because we're building this long relationship with Christ where it's more conversational and, and it's less formulaic and it's more uh, personal that God desires to be heard from and he says be persistent and the first thing Jesus is saying is you've got to keep asking just keep asking keep asking it says so I say to you keep asking and it will be given to you now I tend to see this or read this as if God is maybe uh, on the other side and he's like well just ask one more time you know like with my kids, we created this habit really early, and so young parents lean into this here. Uh, my kids would ask for something, and we'd say no, and then like after the sixth time, we'd go, well, okay, whatever. You know, it's just, I'm tired of being asked. And the moment you do that, your life is all over. That is it. You have created the ceiling for your life. It will be five times forever now. So when they ask, it's going to be five times, and then you've got to say yes, and you create this habit. And we often think that God is this unrelenting uh, parent who's like, I don't want to do that. But if you just bug me enough, then finally I'll relent. And I've honestly carried this view of God for some time where I'm like, this seems cruel. This doesn't seem okay. And I get really annoyed when my kids ask a bunch, how annoyed is God getting? So I'm just going to stop asking because I don't want to bother him. But that's not God at all. What if God was so willing to meet your need, but it just wasn't his time yet. I've noticed that his time is so different than mine, and it's frustrating. But what if God was willing to meet your need? It just wasn't time to meet that need yet, and God was creating something in you through asking. 
I was at the uh, gym. I actually went to the YMCA. I have a gym at my house, but there's no heat, and so it was cold. And so I would go to the YMCA. I haven't been there in a long time. And uh, there on the treadmill was a series of people, and Ron Rhodes was one of them. It was weird. I was like, oh, I Anyway, uh, I go in, and, and I go to work out, and then uh, I, I leave, and, and I'm in there, you know, a couple hours, you know, regular stuff, and then as I'm leaving, I notice the same people are on the treadmill. And I don't know if you like the treadmill. I don't love it. It's, it's like a lot of work to go nowhere, and it feels kind of pointless, honestly. Uh, I don't mind to go outside and, and, and whatever, but treadmill is just, you're staring at, like, the screen, and it's not fun. And yet, I noticed that they were on there the whole time, and, and I think prayer is much like that, where you may not feel like you're going anywhere, but you're doing something. Something's happening. You can run on a treadmill and not see your muscles getting stronger and your heart getting stronger and your lungs doing whatever lungs do, and, and you, don't, you don't know it, but you feel it, and I think prayer is much like that, where we just do it, and it feels mundane, and it feels monotonous, and it feels habitual, and it doesn't feel like we're gaining any ground or God is doing anything, and yet God is in the process. And I think this keep asking is a petition for you and I because God knows there's something strengthening inside of us by asking. It's not a cruel, I'm out here and you're not, and you've got to bug me until I finally get annoyed. It's going, there's something happening with your faith life that is moving. And Jesus teaches us to come to him with the same openness and honesty and trust that children have. Kids don't have that filter. We've created a filter full of, uh, of like self-doubt and, and, and disappointment and despair and, and anger and bitterness. And we filter our request to God through all of those things to where at the end we don't have anything to ask for because we don't believe anymore. But kids don't have a filter. None of them do. And they just ask. And they come to God, uh, come to all of us boldly, but, but, but kids specifically, we come to God with the confidence and, and we can go to God without hesitation and, and, and without despair. And in Matthew 18, Jesus' disciples came to him and they said, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus answers in this way in Matthew 18. He says, I assure you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I would have felt way more comfortable if he had said, unless you had matured and grown up and become really angry and bitter and a little cranky, then you will never make heaven because I'd be on that path. But he didn't. He says, unless you're converted like children. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about immaturity. He wasn't talking about childlike behavior, but childlike wonder and amazement and belief. And I think we've all lost that over time. Over the years, we've experienced hardship and difficulties and problems, and we've lost this inability to, uh, to ask and actually expect and believe. But being a better grown-up starts by remembering what it was like to be a kid, childlike wonder and whimsy and the innocence of faith and trust and belief. That the older we get, the more we stop asking, the more self-reliant we become, the more hardworking we are, the more we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, the more medicine we take, and, and on and on, where we just take care of self, and we stop trusting in God, and, and we can see more doctors, and we can get more money, and we can find another spouse, and we can trade up and trade out, and, and on and on, but we should at some point stop and realize that we can only do so much for ourselves, at some point we need to trust in God with our lives. And in Matthew 19, the children were brought to Jesus so that he could put his hands upon them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. Then Jesus said, leave the children alone and don't try to keep them from me. Because again, the kingdom of heaven is made up of people like this. 
That if we can humble ourselves, we can have our uh, curiosity and our wonder and our amazement with who God is restored, we'll make heaven. Children are people willing to break social norms, people who don't filter their requests through layers of disappointment. And so many of us have built so much up that we don't understand or wouldn't actually admit that we're actually kind of bitter people. We're a little angry people. And yet, God is inviting us to table all of that and to come to him with childlike wonder again that we have our confidence in God our Father restored. Keep asking, Jesus says. The second thing he says is you've got to keep searching. He says keep searching and, and you will find. We've got to keep searching. If you have ever lost something important, then you know the desperation of the hunt. You know the importance of continuing to look for it. You frantically search and, and you don't stop until you've found something that you're, you're looking for. But if you've ever lost something you didn't care much about, you're going to let it go pretty quick. See, I think a lot of us are searching, but we have to ask the question, what are we searching for? Are we searching for alleviation of suffering? Are we searching for uh, a better job? Are we searching for more money? Are we searching for an extra week of vacation? Are we searching for what? What are we searching for? If we're going to find what we're searching for, we have to ask, what are we searching for? That a lot of us aren't searching for Christ. We're not searching for more of God. We're just searching for more stuff or more things. And because our search is not that important, we stop searching very quickly. But when we understand that we are called to search for God, search for more of him, to be closer to him, then that should be the most important thing in our lives that keeps us searching for him. We don't quit. We don't stop. We don't get sidetracked. No one who's ever lost says, I guess I just live here now. If you're lost and you can't find your way, you keep looking to find your way. When we're looking for Christ, we don't ever go, well, I guess I just, this is it. I'm not going to go any further. That when we're searching for God, we don't give up. We keep looking for him in all areas and aspects of our life, whether it's a, a Facebook marketplace sale or it's right here in a church service. We see that God is moving and working everywhere and all the time. And so we uh, stop camping out in despair. We stop camping out where we've lost hope. A lot of us have stopped where we hope and it didn't happen. And so we quit hoping. And I think God wants to reinvigorate our hope in him. To reassure us that he's working and moving. God wants to reinvigorate our hunt and re-energize our search for him. He says, keep searching. Because what if what lies just beyond where you stop is what you're looking for? Now again, I don't believe this is God with a carrot. I think there's a, a way to view God as an evil character who's a kid with a magnifying glass and just playing games with us and, and toying with us and going, we'll just keep, I'm just a little further, not there, just a little further. That's not God. What God is doing is he's saying, keep searching for me and I'm gonna be with you in the search. I'm gonna walk with you. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna be with you. I'm not out here and you're over here and I gotta go find him. He's here with us as we pursue him all the more. God is walking with us in the search and what can be found and discovered in the search is sometimes just as powerful as, the, as discovery of what we're looking for. That like God is moving with us and working with us. And I think a lot of times we don't keep searching because uh, we don't know what can happen in the search. But God is there. Prayer is this constant petitioning and watching and expecting and waiting. And God is in the waiting. He's in the silence. He's in the moments in between the highs. That We keep searching because God is there with us in the journey. 
And prayer is not giving up. It's constantly pursuing God. And when we are lost or when we have lost something, we don't stop and then we celebrate when we found it, that all will be found in God. What we need won't be found in an answer to prayer, but found in the one who answers our prayer. So much of our searching and praying is about getting something when the thing is already given to us. It's God. We lose sight, and I talked about this this week in, in our Zoom prayer. I just, I forget sometimes that God, creator of heaven and earth, maker of all mankind, is listening to us when we pray. He's listening to us. And here I am asking for like this thing, you know what I mean? Like I kind of want this, you know, vintage motorcycle. God, can you give me this? And God's going, you have me. You have all that you could ever ask for or need in me. And it's not that we don't still ask him for things. And, and, and certainly we want to pray for others and health and everything. But God says, you already have all that you need in me. Realize the gift you've already been given and pray from that. And that's the search, that's the reinvigoration of, of seeking. And we don't get tired, we don't quit, uh, we don't get frustrated, but we just keep pursuing him. And David says in Psalm 5, at daybreak, Lord, you hear my voice. At daybreak, I plead my case to you and watch expectantly. I was fine all until it said watch expectantly. That last two words got me. Because so much of my watching is, well, okay, God, if you're real, prove yourself. Or here we go again. This is probably not going to happen, but I'm going to watch anyway or whatever. So much of my watching is almost to prove my inner narrative is right. God's not going to move. He's not going to work. He's not going to answer these prayers. I don't watch expectantly. And that's the childlike amazement and wonder that God wants to restore in our lives where we understand we've been disappointed. We understand where we've been let down. And we understand where we've prayed for things and gotten the opposite. And we feel like God's let us down. But God always answers the prayer that we would pray if we knew what he knew and so we set all of that aside we lay it at Jesus's feet and we say let's start fresh again let's trust in God again because God is good and David reminds us to plead and watch expectantly don't get tired or frustrated or give up the third thing is we've got to keep knocking we've got to keep knocking he says ask seek and knock he says keep knocking and, and the door will be open to you that Jesus uses a, a metaphor for the action, a desired result produces, right? I want the door to open, so there's an action that I have to go through. If you've ever been in an escape room, you know, you've got to do like four things to get to one thing and then two things, and it's super frustrating. But the idea is there's a desired result you want out, and then there's things you do. Knocking is the uh, action that produces a desired result, and then uh, we walk through these things if we want to go through this, we've got to do this. And he's saying you've got to knock, but you can't knock once. You've got to keep knocking. If a person needs something from behind the door, the natural thing is that we knock. In the same way, a believer should pray in faith for God's provision with persistence in prayer. This door that we knock on is a door to heaven. We knock at the door of grace and mercy, knowing that God will open that door for us in his time, but knocking is physical. It's a physical action. It, it, it's, it's us physically doing something. We don't knock in our minds. We, we don't uh, dream of knocking or consider knocking. We don't imagine what it would be like to have knocked. Knocking is in real time an action, that knocking is a physical movement, one that we take. It's an action that we are to take. Ask, seek, and knock involves all three senses. We have asking, which is verbal, 
right? We ask with our mouth. Our minds form words and our uh, mouth spits them out. We use our mouths to verbalize the desires and needs and, and wants in our lives and in others' lives. Seeking, seeking is mental. Seeking is a, a mental state that is uh, seeking our minds. We're asking for our uh, priorities and our focus to be set on Christ. But knocking's physical. Asking and seeking would be nothing without knocking. This guy could have showed up at this person's door, wanted bread, asked for bread, sought for bread, but never knocked on the door to actually get the door open for the man to come and give him the bread. His friend is starving. He's trying for it, but he never physically knocks. And I wonder how many of us are praying with good intention for God to do things that God is saying, maybe we should step up and do physically. God, meet the poor, uh, take care of the homeless, or uh, take care of the church's finances, or whatever. And God's saying, those are things that are physical that we can do. Not that we don't partner with God in prayer, but there are things that are well within our ability that we should be doing. That the promise that the Lord gives us this, if we'll ask, seek, and knock, we're going to be given what we ask for, we're going to find what we need, and the door is going to be open. And then in Luke 11, it says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Odd. Verse 12, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Fish and eggs are common foods. They're pretty common for us as well, common foods uh, at the time, while snakes and scorpions are common hazards. And, And the beauty of this passage is God is saying he will give us what we need and protect us from harm. I think this is fantastic. He gives us what we need, and he protects us from what would harm us. But more than giving us what we need, and more than protecting us from what would harm us, God says that he will give us the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Now this is odd, because he's talking about an egg, and now you're getting the Holy Spirit. He's talking about a snake and a scorpion, and now you're getting the Holy Spirit. So often we pray, God, I want this, and then we hope to get that. What God is saying is, we may not get the thing we ask for, but the Holy Spirit will be given to us, which is even better than anything we could ever consider asking for. Far more important than material things is the wisdom and the guidance and the anointing and the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. And if we'll ask for the Holy Spirit, we'll end up getting more than we ever thought we could ask for. That it moves us and guides us and leads us. It helps us know which doors to knock on and know which prayers to pray and know which direction we could be seeking without the Holy Spirit. You and I are asking for all the wrong things, seeking in all the wrong places, and knocking on all the wrong doors. And God says, I want to give you the wisdom and the guidance and the power and the boldness that come from the Holy Spirit. And I'll protect you and I'll provide your needs. But more than anything else, I want to give you more of me if you'll just ask And so we ask, God, give us more of you so that it puts everything else in perspective. When we ask through the Holy Spirit's wisdom and guidance, then we will receive what we ask for, we will find what we search for, and the doors that we knock on will be the right doors and they will open for us. And so if life feels hard for you, not like regular hard because all life is hard, but if it feels like you're trying to push down doors that you shouldn't be pushing down, 
If it feels like you're trying to ask for things that, that you don't feel like God is in, then maybe it's time we redirect our requests. It's God's will, not our will. It's his kingdom come, not our kingdom come. Maybe we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And when our will aligns with God's will, watch how the power of the things that we ask and seek and knock for begins to open up for us. If you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. Father God, who welcomes all in love, we pray. We pray for the good of the church and the concerns of those in need. God of every land and nation, you have created all people and you dwell among us in Jesus Christ. So we ask that you would listen to the cries of those who pray to you and grant that as we proclaim the greatness of your name, all people will know the power of love at work in the world. Father, we admit this morning that Many of us want to quit praying. Actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and admit that I've stopped praying for various things that I know you've called me to pray for myself. We quit. Quitting is very natural for us. It's very easy for us. And yet, I believe through your word, you're inviting us to begin again. To discover the wonder and the beauty and the amazement of you. And God, I ask that you create this desperation inside of us for you we would go looking for more of you. So you're not cruel and hiding yourself, but you're with us in the journey. You're with us in the hunt. You're with us in the request and the petitioning and the waiting and the silence. You're with us. You haven't left us or abandoned us to fend for ourselves, but you're teaching us and you're doing something beautiful inside of us that we don't always see, but we trust that you are good and so we trust the process. So God, we thank you and we praise you. So God, for those of us in this room that want to quit, may you give us a renewed sense of energy. For those of us that have tabled things that we believe are your dreams or your desires for us, may we pick those back up in your strength. So God, we would go with boldness before you daily in prayer, knowing that you will give us exceedingly and abundantly more than we ever ask or imagine. And we pray for that this morning in Jesus' name.